Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Sunny Coast is the leader coming towards the corner, a length in front, steaming sun, trying to get in between... The Sunny Coast and Tractail, but Tractail loomed up on the outside of Sunny Coast. They've got away. They're a length and a half clear. On the outside, starting to finish horses for summer. Further back in the field, Divine Sienna. Sunny Coast, the inside. Tractail, the outside. They're together. Sunny Coast kicking strongly. Got away from Tractail. Divine Sienna. Then Foursome. Sunny Coast in front. Tractail can't get there. Sunny Coast packing plenty close to home. Sunny Coast is going to lead all of the way. Sunny Coast first. Tractail second. It was a big day in Rockhampton last weekend and he's a promising horse. He's won three from four. He's by Sebring Sun, Sunny Coast. And Ash Butler's got a terrific strike rate, as we know, in Queensland. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements. How are you, Tony? I'm good, thank you, Steve. Good morning to you and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country racing news. And, yes, we started off with the 2023 Capricornia Yearling Sour Classic. The two-year-olds there at Callaghan Park, Rockhampton on Saturday and Sunny Coast saluting one of two Jamie McConaughey runners in the race. Well done, Jamie, in getting two in the race and steaming sun of big odds running a creditable sixth in that. Sunny Coast defeating Tractail, I'm Bluey and Foursome. We'll talk plenty about the Capricornia Yearling Sales this morning and what happened at Rockhampton on the weekend and also throw the spotlight on the Jasons at Mount Isa on Saturday where Jason Babarovich and Jason Hoopert rode the card between them. It was only one for hoops, but Barra managed to take out the rest of it. News coming up as well on the Nuremar Cup meeting on Saturday, plus some stories out of Home Hill and Innisfail. And as always, helping us out with the stories on Bush Peters, Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And uh, wasn't it a great weekend in, in Rockhampton, that Friday-Saturday meeting? And you often hear of trainers getting race-to-race doubles, but Jamie McCondy got a, McConaughey, uh, an ex-long-reach resident, um, got a year-to-year double, preparing the winner of last year's two-year-old classic. I think it was Somnibula and the Sunny Coast providing uh, two in a row for that team and Jackson Murphy getting the winner. And, of course, uh, Justin Stanley kicked home uh, Divine Purpose. Clinton Taylor, of course, heading down the coast to Brisbane uh, with those good gallopers and, of course, uh, Chinny Boom, one of those for Clinton headed south as well, Tony, but it continued on the Sunday, of course, with the Capricorn Yearling Sale, um, which uh, I can give a brief overview if you like this morning, Tony. Yeah, it was from what I hear, it was uh, very keen selling. Uh, There's a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, spirited bidding. Perhaps the vendors, well, I've got to say, Rob, you know, just between you and I, no one else is listening, but just between you and I, I've never seen a vendor that's actually happy with the money they want. They always want more. (laughs) I've never seen a buyer happy with the price they paid. They always want to pay less. So it's a case of, you know, they've got to meet each other somewhere in between. And I think they're a reasonably uh, successful, a reasonably happy bunch of buyers and vendors there on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I think it continued the trend of uh, quite a few yearling sales uh, coming into the year where it was a downward downward trend, and particularly in terms of the clearance uh, rate, uh, with the clearance rate only being 55% for that sale. It was 81% uh, last year. But the top price uh, went out to 65000 Rodney Hay bought a big Liverstone, Liverstonia Grazing Company Rodney uh, operates under, and he had the top two price lots at 65000 for an encryption filly and uh, Love Conquers All uh, as as well. Uh, there was a spirit of boom for 50000 and a grunt uh, went for 40000 um, The uh, median price, uh, $10,000, that was down slightly. As I said, the average price, it, uh, it came down um, probably about $1,300. So 
There were only 96 yearlings in 2022 compared to 136 this year. So as the sale went on during the day, uh, the quality lots, I think that's the key thing, the quality lots that stood out on page and on type, they went for good money. But uh, there would have been a lot of vendors, obviously, with that clearance rate taking yearlings home. But it is the type of sale where... Uh, horses enter the sale and of course they go into that race series Tony so by being through the sale they become eligible and I'm sure there were buyback situations um, for that very purpose but another Capricornia yearling sale I'm sure we're going to see a uh, good horse as we always tend to do uh, coming through these sales no matter no matter where it might be and um, a, they have that great two-day race carnival to uh, precede it and uh, all went off well. And, of course, Tony, that, that led into the historic meeting uh, before we turn our attention to the northwest. Uh, the Central West yesterday, a historic meeting in Longreach with the first ever weekday TAB meeting, part of this circuit of Monday uh, race meetings. And, of course, Michael Charge from Sky Channel was able to catch up with Chargey for a, uh, from a long time ago, basically, Tony, from, I think, uh, cutest yearling sale tours uh, when he would come down from Townsville. So it was great to catch up with Michael and, of course, always doing that excellent professional job on course. And, and really good to see that the, uh, the prize money, which is what it's all about with the TAB country meetings, the prize money, uh, if you like, in, an, in a local sense, uh, going through the southwest, central west, and northwest. Shane Iverson took money home. Charlie Prow, David Rewald, uh, Tony Schofield, Mark Oates, our local uh, trainer and track curator, race to race double for him and Anna Bakos with Mustafa and also Portobello. And, uh, of course, Amy Graham came and took the treble. Amy, a road uh, super mist owned by Basil Nolan for Shane Iverson. She also rode Cozzy Can Can for Tony Schofield and a pickup ride replacing Jason Hooper on Explosive Girl for Sean Roy's. Um, but a couple of interesting things out of the meeting. Uh, one in particular, our patron, Mrs Kate Dean, who was the first a female president of a race club in Australia, appointed in 1986. Kate actually sewed the club colours, the very initial or inaugural club colours, the orange and blue. And the club got a whole new set done up for race one on the program because Kate was there to present to the winner. And you couldn't have scripted it better, Tony. Super missed, wore the colours. Came home the winner after sitting three wide. And uh, it was just so lovely to see uh, Kate. She never misses a race meeting. She's 97. And uh, she's a wonderful asset to our community and to our club. So uh, big congratulations all round to the uh, Longreach Committee, to all the Sky Channel team who were there and did a great job getting it across. And I don't think I've ever seen the Longreach race course look as green as what it does at the moment, Tony. It's one of those things that we've been uh, talking about for quite a while on Bush Speed, Rob, of having some of these Monday meetings like this to showcase some of these country tracks and, and outback racing like this. And well done to everyone involved because it's not the easiest of things to do to race away from your traditional Saturdays. And especially when a club like Longreach is uh, supported by so many volunteer staff, it's one thing to have uh, uh, RQ or QRIC stewards uh, fly in for, for tab meetings or something like that. But there's a heck of a lot that goes on behind the scenes that all has to be put together but it's wonderful to see clubs like Longreach and Thangool and Bar Calton and, and, and many others. I don't want to uh, leave anyone out but you, you know all of the other clubs that are coming up with some of these Mondays. Wonderful to be able to see them embrace and receive the uh, sufficient rewards out of these Monday tab programs. Yeah and, and 
there's a lot of emotion goes into the day as well and and as you say the volunteers have to be there but your clubs are progressive the ones that are taking it on are progressing with it and uh, i think they're gaining the reward for it as well uh the benefits down the track will flow and really nice to see the last result too with portobello for mark Oates. um and Andrew Watts being able to tell the story emotionally and, and behind it with uh, Bill, the late Billy Rogers out of Tambo Racecourse. We lost Billy earlier in the year, and uh, and Bill's horse, Portobello, that he was part owner in for so long, uh, got up and defeated Prize Data. So a wonderful way to uh, to start the day with Super Miss getting that win and also Portobello finishing it off uh, for the Mark Oates team and in memory of uh, Bill Rogers there at Longreach yesterday. Well, I mentioned at the top of the show that it was a Jasonathon at Mount Isa on Saturday. <laughs> Jason Babarovich about to join us, who rode a quartet of winners there, including this one that he trained. 400 to go now, Full of Fires out in front. Full of Fires going to lead the way into the straight. He's about five lengths clear of Mr. Tyndall and doing it easy. Full of Fire in front, Mr. Tyndall, then came Duke Scarley and will beat it. It's all over by the shouting though. Full of Fires going to get this one and he is going to get it by a mile. So Full of Fire in front. Jason Babarovic not easing up at all. And Full of Fire gets home. Oh, big win about nine lengths there to Duke Scarley. Full of fire, just spacing them in the Barra Racing Open Handicap at Mount Isa on Saturday, winning officially by eight and a quarter lengths. Uh, Mr Tyndall, uh, or rather Dukes County, ran second. Mr Tyndall was another five and a half lengths back in third, and then it was uh, another uh, head away to uh, Will Beat It running fourth. Jason Hooper came off at the start of that race. We'll talk to Hoop shortly and catch up with an update just to see if there was any dramas there. He didn't ride for the remainder of the program, but Jason Babarovich did. He not only won that race, one before it and the two after it as well. He joins us on Bushbeat this week. G'day, Jason. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, great this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning and well done on your quartet there on Saturday at Mount Isa. Yeah, thank you. It was uh, good to have a nice day out. Great to see those results, Jason. Rob here. Congratulations. Hey, Rob. Running through them for you. You kicked off with Melissa with Sub Rosa. You then uh, produced the goods in your own name race, Barra Racing Open. Trained and ridden full of fire. Specific journey back with Melissa winning that one. And, of course, your old favourite, or one of your old favourites, I'm sure, Mopar for Kerry Crow. When the day started, did you consider, obviously, you thought you had some chances. I reckon you would have been pretty pleased with Sub Rosa. This thing's really um, come of age. Uh, winning all three on this Mount Isa track. Uh, take us through each of the wins and uh, what your thoughts were on the day. Yeah, Rob, I, I was a bit lucky to, to get my hands on her, actually. I, I put out a call to, to Neil Brockington because I, I had a um, spill the beans little mare last year and unfortunately she had a heart attack and passed away and and I was looking for another one. So I asked um, asked Brockington if he could find me one and he, he gave me a call and said, I think I've got one here for you, so... I, I slipped down to Rockhampton and picked her up, and she's a lovely big mare. Like she, she looks like she can go through her classes, and she hasn't put a foot wrong, as you can see. And um, she just seems to keep getting better and better, and, and running nice times. Yeah, and she stepped up. I think this is the one that stepped up from a maiden win straight into the next company uh, prior to the win on Saturday uh, with a win, and and then backed it up again, and beating some horses that are very experienced as well. Yeah, I, I thought Saturday would be her hardest, hardest test because um, one of Shan's that runs second, you know, it, it's won seven races or something like that, and that little mare of mine was only only having her, her third run for me, as you say. And, 
you know, I, I thought it was her best effort because um, thing of Shan stuck it to her and, and she fought on well and, and kicked on at the end and was able to get the money. Plenty more wins in store, but uh, full of fire, as we heard, a very dominant win on the day there. And another one that's won two or three since resuming in February, uh, the, the stable firing at the moment. Yeah, uh, touch wood at the moment. We're going really well. We've had um, 10 starters for seven winners, two seconds and a third. So let's just hope we can keep going for a few more months and get a bit of money in the bank. And from a pretty small team as well. Only got the four, yeah, so... Yeah, they're, they're all firing at the moment, which is good. And, um, yeah, we've just got to sort of place them in the right races and see if we can't continue on for a few more months before they start catching us again. The same applies to Melissa's team. And uh, your Kobayashi, well, he had the Quinella in the uh, duel at Dooman a couple of weeks ago. And this specific journey for her, uh, another one only got up in a close finish. But, again, Count Michelin's a uh, pretty experienced galloper going around. So uh, a good win on the day. Yeah, I would have been dirty if Camp Michelin beat me because I ride him all the time. But <laughs> having a round horse in the race, I, I rode our bloke. But, um, yeah, he goes really good, Camp Michelin. And and this little bloke, he, he's still learning a specific journey. He sort of, he's, he's very immature. He has a ton of ability, but he just needs to put it together. He, he's um, doing quite, doing a few things wrong. And, and, yeah, he just needs to learn a bit of experience, that's all. Rob, I've got to send a shout-out with Specific Journey because one of the part owners there is a, a mate of mine that I used to play soccer with in another lifetime years and years ago, and Roma Dougie McHugh has always been spruiting to me about all of these great horses at Mount Isa, and he's finally got one home, Jase. You finally managed yeah. to get him a win. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's been unlucky not to have a couple of wins, actually. Like, like last start, I thought the horse should have won, but it was my own fault. I got the whip caught in the main and, and dropped it at the top of the straight, and and as I said, he, he's very green and immature. And all he needed last start was one smack and he wins. So I made sure I held on to the whip this time. <laughs> and talking about riding favourite horses, you and Kerry Crow go way back and you have a great association. This Mopar, and I've got a feeling I've seen him. He likes to lead usually, I had a feeling, with Mopar. I might be wrong. I might have the wrong horse. But do you know that you and Hoops are the only guys that have ever ridden this horse in the Northwest? You've been on him 10 times for three wins, and he, he obviously goes well for you because he's been in the money two times since resuming the Epilep. I think that was one of your favourite wins for the day as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lovely horse, Mopar, like... And he come out here and he put three together straight away too. And, you know, he, he's gone for a spell and he's come back and his first two runs were really good in races that were too short. And as you say, he, he does like to get up and lead usually. But now that he's getting out to the journey that he likes over the 1,400 and so, I think now you'll see him take up his, his customary role of, of leading and, and they don't seem to be able to get past him. I see he's nominated for the Bullier Cup on the weekend as well. Yeah, yes, um, you should give him a shake in that, I think. What are you uh, likely to be riding at Bullier on the weekend? I take it you're headed that way? Yeah, I've got um, four for Kerry Crow and, and one of my own. And Mopar's one of them? Mopar's one of them, yeah. <laughs> Talking about the jockey situation, Barra, of course, um, up there in the northwest, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty dire circumstance 
even more so than most areas in country Queensland, uh, the number of jockeys you've got. And now that Hoops has had that fall, um, I take it he's out for a little bit of time. We'll talk shortly with him. What do you see as the key solutions we've got to be looking for? And I do believe the Northwest that they are going to be targeting to, to look to ways to improve it. But how do you see us overcoming these problems in the country? Well, I think, Rob, our, our biggest problem is we're so far away. And and plane flights are so expensive. Like it, it's $1,000 from Mount Isa to anywhere. And yep. to get people to come out, I think without some sort of subsidy from Queensland Racing or or maybe they should start sending a few of those those apprentices out of here. Like, you know, there, there's no better place, I think, to, to cut their teeth and learn a few skills than to come out here with us old fellas because we'll look after them, you know, they're not going to get into trouble. They, if they ask, they'll get the advice they want. And I just think it'll give them a good grounding, these, these young apprentices, to be able then to go back into the provincials and have a bit of experience under their belt. Yeah, I see there's also a call um, in a recent article for maybe a training school for particularly uh, young Indigenous riders. Um, who of course, we know have so many uh, skills and talents. Uh, is there any ground movement or swell of movement in the northwest to get that up and running? Well, Dan, Dan Ballard and, and Robbie Catter have been pushing pretty hard in the last month or so trying to, to get a little bit of interest but we found a, a lot of the problem with the young indigenous lads is they don't want to leave home Yep. and and most of them you know, at this stage are living out on stations or you know out the back of nowhere they're not that keen to come and stay in Mount Isa for a couple of weeks at a time and I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle with them is getting them to, to to get away from home. Yeah, there's always obstacles that we face in this, but the good thing is there there is plenty of discussion that seems to be going on. And and look, you were right with one of the comments I reckon you said. You are you are a very se I'm going to call you a seasoned, uh, experienced <laughs> jockey. Uh, you've got a great history behind you. Just tell uh, our listeners uh, your background and and why you settled in Mount Isa. I mean, you're a long way away, but once you get into these communities, they do become your home, and you tend to love the area you are in. That's it. Yeah, you know, like I, I started way back in '85, and I was apprenticed in Brisbane. And I, I done my apprenticeship in Brisbane, and I, I stayed around that area there for a while, and and then gradually, you know, as you get older and you, you start to move to look to be riding in, in sort of easier company, so you you drift north and and west, and and I was down down your way, of course, there for a couple of years with Charlie Prow, and and things were going good, and unfortunately Charlie had a stroke, and he cut his team right down, and. I received a good offer from Dan Ballard, who was president at the time here at the Mount Isa Race Club, to come here and be the track curator and, and caretaker, and and I was able to to get my dual licence and start training a few horses as well. So, and yeah, as you say, once you're here, everyone's so friendly, accommodating, helping. Like when I first started training, of course, I'd ridden for for thirty odd years and not really been into the training side of the business, but any advice that I've ever needed, you know, I can go to Denise Ballard or Jay Morris or, you know, any of these good trainers that have been doing it out here for a long time, and they're always quite happy to give me a hand and give me advice, and, you know, they've always been a great help to me since I've been here.
And, you know, I saw that even yesterday at the TAB meeting here in Longreach. Boy Forster giving a hand to a young apprentice, you know, just making suggestions to how to improve riding and so on. That mentoring is, is such a vital part to the growth of any young riders. That's it. And, you know, you can never go wrong with a really experienced trainer like Boy. Boy's been here, done everything. You know, if you, if you ever want to learn anything, you'd sit down and you'd listen to Boy. And that's the key to it, I think. If you want to learn, if you are willing to take advice and take on you know, what they have to say, I think in racing you'll always learn something till the day you die. Barrett, it's been great to catch up with you this morning on Bushby. Congratulations on your quartet there on the weekend and many more winners to come, starting with Bullier this coming weekend. Yeah, let's hope so. Keep the run going. Good on you, mate. <laughs> catch up soon. Jason Abarovich with us there, Rob. As I said, it was a Jason-a-thon. Your name had to be Jason if you were going to win a race at Mount Isa on the weekend. Barra had four. Jason Hooper had the other one. He started the day uh, with success, but as we often know, racing can be a roller coaster where you're up one moment and pun not intended. Uh, you're down the next. He had a fall in race three there in that race that Barra won, and he's with us on Bush Peters. We continue spotlighting Mount Isa. Hoops, good morning. Got you there, Jason? Yeah, good morning. It almost sounds like you're passing the phone over, boys. <laughs> morning to you, Hoops. Uh, just tell our listeners how, how you've come through that uh, that incident on the weekend, what happened and, and what's the prognosis out of it for you? Well, what happened was it was his first start back from a spell and they often get excited. He's tried to jump too fast. He slipped in front, come down, pulled me well down over his neck um, I actually got a foot caught up in the iron, which is a first for me. That sort of never happened on a racetrack. And I've gone over his neck. He's managed to, I believe he probably kicked me with his front knees and rolled me, and that's put me onto my stomach. And as he's come over the top of me, one of his back legs has landed um, on my lower back where his spleen is. It's broken a rib. They reckon bruised the spleen pretty bad, but luckily that's all in shape. And I've also toured the MCL ligament in my right knee. I'm wincing in pain just uh, hearing you describe all of that. Yeah, well, it is a lot of pain. I get up every morning and struggle to the the painkillers. And, yeah, the problem is they don't last all night. I take them before I go to bed as well. And I wake up about 1 o'clock in the morning because I just can't sleep through at the moment. The pain yeah. kicks in, and but yeah, I'm pretty. I'm all right. I've had worse. Put it that way. <laughs> I was. I was going to say you've you've had more severe falls and that uh, severe back injuries as well. So yeah, no, nah, I got out of this one pretty good. Re- pretty lucky, really. Time out of the saddle. Um, what are they suggesting for this one, Hoops? Well, they haven't said, but because it's um, one of the floating ribs down low and it's near my spleen. They've advised me not to rush back like I normally do because if it, if it shifts and punches the spleen or something, I'll be in a lot more pain. So Trouble. I have to go back later to the doctors this week for an MRI. They're going to have a good look at the knee properly just to make sure it is only that ligament and there's no extra damage in there. And we'll probably have another X-ray and see if it is mending up at all. But, yeah, I'm tipping I'll be off for a few weeks for sure. Hopefully it's not going to then mean that you won't be able to get out behind the, the camera lens and get the drone up and yeah. flying again and get more of the hoop shots out there. 
Well, I was going to do that yesterday at um, Longridge, but well, yeah. I didn't go, of course, because I weren't allowed to ride. But we, yeah, you know, I'll I'll get into that to keep myself busy and occupied. We were looking forward to you being down here, but I've got to ask you about your winner on the day, Zumarada. Now, here's a classic example of a horse struggling to win a maiden and often run in good races in Townsville and so on, struggling to win, now puts four in a row together. And uh, it's, uh, you know, in it just continues to um, improve. It's in its eight starts since it won its maiden. It's going really well, this Zoo Star. There's a bit of, a bit of an opinion growing about it. Couldn't win a race. Could not win a race. Was just green, doing things wrong, and well, the penny's dropped. He's just he's a completely different horse to ride. Now he jumps out, does exactly what you want him to do. We'll relax. We'll pick up the steel. We'll spit it out if you want to give him a breather, and then you just give him a little tiny touch with the hooks again, and he's back on the steel. And just actually a pleasure to ride now. So I'm thinking he's going to win a few more. He's he's nominated for the Bullier Cup as well. Is that too big a step at this stage? I'm going to say yeah, because I can't ride. <laughs> I thought that might be the answer. <laughs> no, probably asking... not, but there's been some interesting horses in that. So, yeah, I know they threw that out there, but, yeah, I don't know if he'll go around. Yep. And you're having one of the best seasons for quite a while. 21 wins on that country jockey premiership. It's a bad time, of course. Any injury is a bad time. But uh, it, it, it's certainly been a good kickoff to the season, both for you and uh, and Barra up there in the northwest. Yeah, very good kickoff to the season, definitely. In, I've asked the question to Barra. I'll ask the same to you, uh, Jason. Uh, the solution to the jockey shortage. I mean, this weekend coming, there's so many race meetings on an Easter Saturday. It's hard to overcome that without scheduling Sunday meetings and so on. But that's difficult with Easter Sunday. How do you, how do you see uh, the the work that needs to be done? Where do we need to head? A similar concept to what uh, Barra was saying a minute ago. Uh, I didn't hear that part of what Barra was saying. Um, well, it's a hard thing. It's We do need riders out here, but people don't want to move because the lifestyle on the Sunshine Coast and, you know, in the regional areas is a hell of... Yeah, it's... Yeah, some people like that more. Since I've moved out here, I've pretty well settled in all right. Yeah, it's hard to say whether a travel allowance might help increase that or maybe they could even go back to a few years ago now there was, um, you used to get paid so much to ride in town, so much to ride in provincial and even lesser in the country. Well, maybe they could swap that around. Might entice riders to move out here. Yep, I think everything needs to be thrown into the melting pot. But are you of the similar opinion with Jason that once you get to these areas and the experienced people that are around you and the community themselves, don't be afraid to dip your toe in the water and have a have a go at it because you tend to love the area once you're there. Well, I was only coming out here for a little while, but I'm not going anywhere now. It's a hell of a lot more enjoyable. People have got your back. They're, they're a lot more friendly. It's not anywhere near as cutthroat as down in the big regional areas. And I'm actually enjoying racing more now that I've moved back out here. In the end, it was at the sunny coast. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. But it was like you were just going through the motions and you were just battling. Um, now I'm sitting pretty. 
And even a lot of jockeys want to stay down there because they think that's their next big break or that's their next big ride. But look at this way. Since I've moved out here, I've had my biggest ride in a race, which was that um, Battle of the Bush final. Mm. That would have never have happened if I didn't move out here. And people are, they're more loyal out here. They'll stick by you. Where down there in the regional areas, they'll swap and change all the time. And you're just really struggling. And a lot of riders down there, they're happy to get like one or two rides a month. Well, out here, I'm getting four or five winners a month. Yeah, it seems like every day we're reading about or hearing about somebody else that wants to make the move to Brisbane. It's becoming one of the most uh, competitive jockey rooms in the country. I guess lifestyle does play a huge part of that. But, yeah, this, uh, it just means that there's not as much, I suppose you can say, you know, further down the food chain, Jason. I guess that's the the opportunity then for people to head west, young man or young lady. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I try and encourage people to move out here all the time. But, yeah, they just... Some of them are interested, some of them aren't interested, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a struggle. Another thing they could probably do would be a travel allowance. Now, I know they posted on Facebook a while about flying jockeys out and everything else, and I'm like, yeah, good, I'll move back to the Sunshine Coast and you can fly me out. I don't, <laughs> think, that's, I don't think that's the secret. I think that'll cause more hassles. But maybe they could work out like a system where this is just a ballpark figure, let's say 5K, five, five cents a K. Now, if you travel over 200 kilometres to go to the race meeting, that kicks in. Now, you could do this on Google, type in the jockey's address, Queensland Racing, know where we all live, and you can see their distance. So if you drive over 200k to get to the races, this kicks in. And then as far as you go, you're going to get that little supplement to help with the travel costs. Another thing a lot of jockeys don't do these days is carpool. When I was on the Sunshine Coast, Chris Carney and I, we used to take it in terms of driving every Saturday. There was no money changed hands. It was just your turn to drive, my turn to drive, your turn to drive. Now, sometimes you'd score a gimpy meeting. Sometimes you'd be going to Monto. It's just whoever drew the good straw. It's just how we, how we roll. And Chris and I did that for years. That saved us a phenomenal amount of money. Yeah, merry-go-rounds and roundabouts, it all sort of catches up in the end. As Rob said, there's plenty of ideas out there. We just have to throw it all into the melting pot and continue to work on on a situation that's been a problem for many, many years. But there's got to be a solution out there. We just need to be able to arrive at it. Yeah, very true. Good on your hoops. Uh, Speedy recovery. We hope to see you back in the saddle very soon uh, rather than uh, another lengthy break out of riding. But uh, great to catch up with you this morning on the show. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have a chat. Jason Good Herbert with us on Bushbeat this week, Rob. And, yeah, I, I, as we say, there's a lot of ideas out there. We just need to get all of the ideas into a big melting pot. Even an idea like that that Jason had about a, a small travel allowance that then kicks in after a certain distance travel. That's not a bad concept. I think it's a case of watch this space. More to come. We know there's a think tank in progress with Racing Queensland, and let's hope there are some positive outcomes that uh, come into play. And I suppose the one thing that keeps nagging my mind, you always hear people saying, well... Why would you just sit there and wait for one or two rides when you can get a full book of rides every meeting out here? And look, look at the young, you know, the young female jockeys dominating uh, the circuit as well. And, and Amy Graham riding three winners at a tab meeting. Those sort of things are an enticement as well. There's country tab meetings happening. Tony, it's, uh, it's going to be solved, I'm sure of it. Um, and hopefully we can 
gel all these ideas together. So we, we look forward to progress in that area. It's a busy weekend coming up, as you say, Easter Saturday. Everyone's racing this coming weekend, including Bar Calden, the Bullier Cup meeting, Bowen are racing, Ines Lee Cup, and that's the uh, the first leg of the Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Final of Queensland up-and-coming Stayers Series as well. Uh, Emerald and Gladstone are racing, as are Nanango. Roma as part of Easter in the country, plus it's Flinton Cup Day. Not forgetting Augathella with their Meat and Cup program on uh, Easter Monday. You tie into that the meetings this week. Today at Dolby, Thursday leading into Easter, Townsville and Toowoomba. Uh, Easter Saturday, Bow Desert and Gatton are racing and then uh, looking ahead, Mackay next Tuesday. So it's going to be a pretty hectic week and, yeah, jockey numbers are going to be stretched this week. Certainly are, but there's jockeys in form out there. Young Tyler Leslight, he had a, uh, a winner at Longreach at the tab meeting and he came off three at Nurima. One of those four left-handed tracks. We say it every time, Tony. There's four in Queensland, Nurma, Taroom, Baduri and Birdsville. Um, he came off three winners, and they're all for Billy Johnson. He had it with only Emma. Uh, Outback Step took the cutest money in the two-year-olds, and Carbors, uh, the shooting to win, uh, took the benchmark 45. Uh, so a great day out. Young Sophie Wilcock picked up the win on Hagerstoun. But Gary Bignall and Stephen Galvin, young Stevie back in the saddle, uh, they had the cup win. The Nurema Cup Open Handicap 2023 going into a very tight finish for pass the card over Tango Tino and Finesse Tess in a well-contested race at Nurema. They're uh, very compact as they go towards the 600 metre mark and pass the card rolling along out in front from Tango Tino who gets into second. Uh, then we've got uh, Finesse Test. Royal Sheen just drops off. Vinaigrette's going to be your widest runner. 400 metres to go and they're spread across the track. Pass the card leads. Here's Finesse Test coming through the centre and Tango Tino right down the outside. Uh, in the On the fence is still pass the card. Finesse Test. Now Tango Tino comes down the outside. Tango Tino goes up on the inside to pass the card. Finesse Tess is still there. Tango Tino and pass the card. Tango Tino on the outside and pass the card. Tango Tino! Tino! Took a dive and passed the card. It's a photo. Third finesse test on the outside there. Yeah, very tight finish there at the end. And that was a gutsy win, Rob. 61 kgs and all with Stevie Galvin aboard. Passed the card. Beating Tango Tino. Only carried 56 with Amy Graham in the saddle. And they spaced the other three in the Nurema Cup. Yeah, and pass the card won at this race meeting last year. I'm not sure it was a cup. I think it was a benchmark race. Uh, but the seven-year-old by tickets, he was only second up, as you said, carried that big weight, two from two at the track. And uh, it's uh, it's a track, I think, where you, you try to get to at least once. Uh, Nurema had a little bit of audio problems. Very disconcerting for uh, what he was telling me from the caller's point of view, the loudspeaker, the public uh, broadcast system uh, would cut in and out and it can be very disconcerting when you're trying to call races so uh, those grants are out there for race clubs maybe it's one of those things that Nurema will look into but there's plenty of money out there for those grants so pick up the opportunity and, and apply uh, because uh, those little hiccups do occur on the on the country tracks uh, we're talking about jockeys in form and we go up towards home hill in the North Queensland area, and Pietro Romeo, race to race double. He kicked off the program up there, Joanna Hassett, uh, with Dawn Strike. Here's another good example, Tony. This horse, two wins in a row now, two wins, two seconds, its last um, four runs. 
and two from four at the track. It's really started to put it together as well. And it, it won at Townsville only seven days ago. So it's amazing how these horses, with their confidence, uh, they continue to build on their record. But uh, he got up with the win over Colin Batty and who be that now. Uh, Pietro kicked home for Stephen Bush, windpipe, the Schwazier. And it was a race to race double for that stallion because in the following race line of kings for Ronnie Finch and Wanderson de Villa, chalked up two wins from 20 starts. The Wicked Style Galloper Hit Snooze that's uh, competed in uh, Battle of the Bush Finals for Georgie Holt. Uh, got home for the win in the open plate for Isabella Tay. Another one that loves the track. Three wins, six minor placings from ten. And uh, super fast for Graham Hughes and Carl Spry. Again, with a good record at this track. Two wins in a second in its last four, I should say, from its overall record. The Super One uh, defeated Blondie's Secret and Boomalina. So uh, that grass track out at Home Hill on the weekend featured that good double for Pietro Romeo. And we talk about good grass tracks. Well, probably there's not much better in the far north than uh, Innisfale. And again, they produced the goods on the weekend there. And uh, the Trevor and Peter Rose stable, uh, we had the five wins there last time. Well, they kicked home the first winner with Gamdemic, uh, second run for the stable. And this was ridden by Masayuka Abe, uh, and, of course, the results were evenly spread uh, with the jockeys on the day. And let's give a shout-out that the boys rode the whole program, Tony. It's, uh, <laughs> so we're commenting all the time about the young ladies doing so well. Well, good on you, fellas. You kicked home the program at Innisfail. Uh, Mazza got the first winner. Nathan Day for Macedon Flyer and Daryl Paradise that likes the track, two from two. Uh, Noyardi. Uh, with Fred Whelan, as a galloper with a record, Yoshi Toranaga, three from three at the track, uh, first up since December, six wins out of 34. Then Scott Sheargold combined with Bonnie Thompson on Stronach, first up since November, good training effort. And female officer, cutest money went off with the uh, three place getters. Female officer over Swanky Sue Mishani rebound. Uh, Manabu Kai uh, riding for Elwyn Bailey on the captain Sonador. Uh, Mayor chalking up win number nine. So uh, that's a, you could almost say it's almost a little bit of a unique feature these days that the boys ride the program. But there's such a good range of experienced um, seasoned campaigners out there in the jockey ranks and these young apprentices coming through, they could do a heck of a lot better in some cases than to mix in with these areas and uh, learn and be mentored by some of the best in the business with plenty of experience, Tony. Yeah, look at uh, young Savannah McCann, who we spoke to last week, uh, based with Chris Bunce in Brisbane. But, yeah, going out and earning a country stripe, so to speak, to get up that sort of experience, you know, whether you're right at the very start of the career or the likes of Jason Babarovich and Jason Hooper, who went looking for a tree change and a, a further opportunity to be able to extend and further their career. And they're just, uh, well, maybe Hoops is not loving life, but, yeah, they're enjoying uh, things at the moment and have settled in well into that northwest region. Yeah, and the jockey movement on that country premiership, Tyler Leslie closed the gap on Robbie Farr. Both got winners yesterday, uh, Robbie on 29 over Tyler on 26, but uh, Hoops on 21. And Amy Graham, with those three winners, uh, leapt into fifth place on 20. And in the trainers, um, Ranks Johnson has taken over from Tanya Parry, 26 to 24, with John Mansman sitting on 22. So a competitive race in the Queensland country trainer premiership. Long way to go, as you said, plenty of racing on this week. Weekend, Augustella Meat Ant Cup. Uh, I know Watsy's headed down uh, for that one. Such a time-honoured race down there at Augustella, 
and we'll look forward to being able to bring you the stories and results out of country racing next week. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. I am actually out here, Tony, doing some work. <laughs> I better get back into it. Uh, but it was great to be able to be at the races here yesterday and also have the opportunity to be at Bar Calden uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, plenty of friends and acquaintances down there. But uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. Good morning to our listeners and look forward to next week. Good on you, Rob. Happy Easter and thank you for joining us on the show this morning. Thank you also to Jason Babarovich and Jason Hubert for joining us on Bushbeat this week. And yes, good luck to all of the clubs racing Easter Saturday. Bar Calden, Bullia, Bowen, Inesley, Emerald, Flinton, Gladstone, Denango and Roma. Not forgetting Augustella on Monday. We'll be back next Tuesday to report on all that and plenty more here on Radio Tab on Bushbeat.